John 1, 29 through 31. The next day he, that is John the Baptist, the next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. Alright, so this is a fun part here where we see the messengers from the Pharisees have left John, and now he is still down there uh, at the river, baptizing people, and he sees Jesus, and we'll see really tomorrow how he recognizes who Jesus is in the baptism. But here he is, where he is recognizing that Jesus the man, Jesus that he sees there, is truly God and truly man. Uh, he sees him walking towards him and calls out and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said I am not worthy to untie his sandals, because this is he who I said was going to rank before me. So he is acknowledging that Jesus is above him, that Jesus is greater than him, Jesus is God. And then he has this beautiful line there at the beginning, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so, Lamb of God will show up in all kinds of places throughout the Bible. And we see the sacrificial lamb back in the Passover, the lamb that the Israelites were instructed to raise, to then slaughter and to sacrifice the perfect lamb without blemish and use the blood to paint the doorposts so that the angel of death would pass over that house. And then they were to eat that lamb as they were preparing to leave Egypt. And so we see this idea of lamb there and lambs for sacrifices all through the Bible of there being a perfect lamb coming and pointing to that sacrifice. And so here John is continuing that theme as he calls Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so one area that this would point back to would be Isaiah 53 verse 7. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb he was led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. We see this is a promise pointing towards the Lamb of God, pointing towards Jesus, that he would be afflicted, that he would suffer, that he would be punished, not for his own sins, but for the sins of uh, us believers and of those who are elect, and that he would be punished for their sins, and that he would do so silently, that he wouldn't lash out or fight back that Jesus was a willing lamb, willingly coming down here, condescending himself to be born as a baby, willingly living that life that we could never live, and then willingly walking to the cross to uh, be murdered and to be killed on our behalf. So he was willingly going to do this without fighting like a sheep before uh, its master, being trimmed and sheared. Uh, it's not there fighting him, 
and that is how Jesus was uh, for us. He willingly came down to die in the place of us sinners. And then John encapsulates this here at the end of that saying where he says, who takes away the sins of the world. So he's pointing to this sacrifice that Jesus is going to make, this substitutionary atonement. So that's substitution, uh, taking the place of, and then atonement being washed clean. And so in the death uh, on the cross, Jesus is taking our sins as sinners. That sin is being placed onto him and he's being punished for those sins. We do not face that sin. We don't face that punishment. We don't face that. And then on the other side, the righteousness of Jesus is being placed on to those now cleaned sinners. So once you are elect, you are able to be declared holy and to stand before God as holy and righteous, not because of our own works, but only because of the work of Jesus, that it's him living that perfect life and him paying that penalty on that cross through his suffering leading up to that point and then his final death there. And so that's what John is pointing to for us. And it's such a joy that it's he who's going to take away the sins. And so Jesus is preparing himself now uh, in these verses here. And then we'll see at the end of John, uh, we see Jesus die and take those sins on to him. On uh, it's a willing act, which is what we're talking about here in the verse from Isaiah. Uh, and so uh, it's just a great reminder for us as we now get to read back into here, knowing the end of the story, that Jesus does die and that he doesn't stay dead. He rises again. Uh, and so let us focus here on these, that Jesus was the willing sacrifice uh, and that he is the substitutionary uh, atoner so that we have that atonement given to us and he has that sin placed on him, paid for in full. And then the resurrection shows that his uh, sacrifice was accepted and that he now is sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty and is ready to come and judge the living and the dead. So let us be reminded of that. Let us not go and continue to sin, uh, but let us live in light of this truth. And let us follow God and follow his good and perfect law written and recorded for us. I hope that you are enjoying this part and enjoying this verse, especially being reminded of who Jesus is and who we are in light of being saved through his good and perfect blood.